Welcome to Over in Smith, an H.P. Lovecraft podcast where we read the complete works of H.P. Lovecraft, except for today, uh, when we will be reading Lord Dunsany. Uh, like I said, we're going to be reading a couple stories from Lord Dunsany's uh, Book of Wonders, and with me is uh, somebody uh, who's going to go on some kind of an improbable adventure, Jesse. Hi. Oh no, I'm going by art now. Oh, sorry. Oh no, no, I decided it randomly like two days ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, but um, yeah, I'm going by art now. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's a me art. <laughs> Mario does go on some improbable adventures, so that makes sense. Yeah. You know what? Close enough. Uh, I also, my brain hurts real bad. It's okay. I'll read you some fun stories from Lord Dunsany. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so we'll be reading two more uh, stories from Lord Dunsany and like probably making fun of them. Um, because why not? Um, yeah. We're going to be reading The Probable Adventure of Three Literary Men as well as Miss Cubbage. And the dragon of romance. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> so that's how you get sorcerers. Oh shit! That you're right. <laughs> well, I mean, in Pathfinder, you could fuck other things and be- make sorcerers. Well, I mean, no, you can fuck a lot of things and make sorcerers. Oh, you can it's fuck just, all you know, sorts of things and make sorcerers. Yeah, it's just like draconic ones are like one of the most like they're just you know, cool common ones. Yeah, no, they're one of the most co- more people common just, ones. That are the uh, people just fae. love fucking dragons and fae. Yeah, which why not? I mean, you gotta have a hobby. <laughs> but- Let's start with um, the probable adventure of the three literary men. Oh, wait, wait. Do you want to do, uh, before we get in, what's a probable adventure? Um, probable. That you think three literary men could have. Um, like, uh, going and getting a coffee. Well, I mean, that's a little too probable. (laughs) Uh, Is that too good? (laughs) I mean, like, that is that an adventure? Oh, it could be an adventure. Yeah, how far away do you have to go to get coffee? Also, like, maybe something happens on the way. Yeah. Or, like, you want to go to, like, a specific really fancy coffee place that you know of. It's, like, on the other side of town. You have to walk there. Maybe uh, someone falls into the, uh, <laughs> into a hole. And, and into an open manhole. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. That, yeah, that would be quite an adventure. Yeah, it could be. You have to save your friend from the the open manhole, and then you have to find a shower because your friend now probably smells like sewage, so that you can still go to the coffee shop and get your coffee. (laughs) Yeah, of course. And so then you have to find a a shower, but the shower costs, like, money, so then you have to go find a way to busk to get money. Uh, And, uh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. It's a whole thing now. The probable adventure of the three literary men. I, I mean, if they're good friends. If they aren't, they're leaving that dude in that manhole. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm. I'm just gonna say, like, why? Why, why would you? Uh, why would? Why would you keep them around if if you're not your friend? I mean, I mean, not to say that I'm. I. I mean, I would still help them out, but like, I was gonna I also- say, Jesse, if you fell in a manhole, I would help you out. No, no, I would, I would help someone who was falling into a manhole. 
But also, I wouldn't really stay around for too long. Like, if they're injured, I'd wait for someone to Oh, help, yeah. Yeah. You know? But, like, I wouldn't... Depending on the person. Like, if I saw Elon Musk fall into a manhole, I'd be like, well... Yeah, if I, fall, if I saw Elon Musk fall into a manhole, and I happen to have something that I would be able to cover it up with, I'd probably <laughs> do it. I mean, I don't think I can pick up a manhole cover, but <laughs> I would definitely try to move it towards it. <laughs> Uh, do you want to hear? Do you want to hear one of the things that I said when I was recording with Zoe? What? Zoe. what did you say? I was just like, <clears throat> I was just uh, we were talking about like existential uh, dread of like climate change and everything, and how oh yes. like the feeling of like Lovecraft and stuff probably you know applies today because there's so many you know amorphous evils that we can really do nothing about, even if we know you know yeah. what is causing yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and, and I said, and when, when she was done talking, be like, well, you know, it's, you know, under 4,000 people, uh, you know, directly responsible for this stuff. So like, I mean, that's a pretty manageable number. <laughs> just like, <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, I mean, it is a very manageable I mean, number. That is like less than eight percent of the population. That's less than a tenth of a percent of the population. That ain't too bad at all. <laughs> no, no, it's four, like four thousand something people. Ain't. Yeah, that's nothing. There yeah, are seven billion people on the earth. That ain't nothing. That's a small town. That's yeah. less than the city I live in, and I don't live in a big city. Yeah, so... I live in, like, the smallest a city can be to be classified as a city. <laughs> well, like, I don't... People, I don't think, realize that, like, Kentucky has two of the most populous cities. I know! Kentucky is, is like, one of the most densely populated states in the U.S. Yeah, and, and the thing is, it's just because of two cities. The rest is, like, has it, no population. Yeah. Louisville and <laughs> but uh, whatever the other one is. Lexington. Lexington, that's it. I knew yeah, it was another L name. We have two top 40 cities. Yeah. But popular, like... I think, uh, yeah, like, you guys are at least in the top 15, maybe the top 10 most densely populated states. Yeah. And it's just because and of Louisville and Lexington. <laughs> yeah. It's because, well, it's because most of the, most of, we have so many, like, unlived on land. Yeah. Which which is good because you know, eh, whatever. I don't want to talk about land back stuff now. Oh yeah, yeah. Ugh. I know, but yeah. yeah, I know that well because I live in Montana. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to give back all the land to the white supremacist compounds. I mean, obviously. Oh fuck them. Yeah, you know all the. Well, actually, wait, didn't Kanye buy a bunch of land in, in Wyoming. Montana? Wyoming? Wyoming, okay, close enough. Uh, what? Uh, the one of the few states less populated than Montana. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. He bought a shit ton of land in Wyoming and started a cult. So that's fun. I mean, what else are you gonna do when you're uh, rich? Yeah. I mean, okay. I mean, to be fair, I want to start a cult. Here's here's at least the good news about the white supremacists in Montana. I don't think Richard Spencer will be able to afford any land here anymore. No. He doesn't have any fucking money left. And he just got ordered to pay, like, 
I, a couple million dollars <laughs> to the people of Charlottesville. <laughs> On top of that, he's also getting, he's also going through a divorce uh, oh, settlement right now as well. And he is fucked in that divorce. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Boy. Although, to be fair, also, who he's divorcing is a piece of shit. But, I know, you know. she's awful. But... Uh, but spousal abuse is still abuse, even if it's to a Nazi. Exactly. Uh, you know, it's the same. It's as, it's as, uh, what I say. I don't, I will respect the pronouns of my enemies. And I also won't wish any harm I wouldn't wish on one of my friends. Do no harm, but take no shit. Well, mm, yeah. But also at the same time, like, you know, they have houses. It's true. That are probably made out of flavorful materials. And their kids I mean, are in you... school at least eight hours a day that that house does not have children in it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> well, shall we read about this probable adventure of three literary men? Yeah. All right, let's do this. When the nomads came to El Lola, they had no more songs, and the question of stealing the golden box arose in all its magnitude. On the one hand, many thought many had sought the golden box, the receptacle, as the Ethiopians know, of poems of fabulous value, and their doom is still the common talk of Arabia. On the other hand, it was lonely to sit around the campfire by night with no new songs. It was the tribe of Heth that discussed these things one evening upon the plains below the peak of Maluna. Their native land was the track across the world of immemorial wanderers, and there was trouble among the elders of the nomads because there were no new songs. While untouched by human trouble, untouched as yet by the night that was hiding the plains away, the peak of Maluna calm in the afterglow looked on the dubious land and it was there on the plain upon the known side of Maluna just as the evening star came mouse-like into view and the flames of the campfire lifted their lonely plumes uncheered by any song that that rash scheme was hastily planned by the nomads which the world has named the quest of the golden box I mean, I get it. I make stupid decisions when I'm bored. Yeah. All the time. I, yeah. Like, I'm I'm clinically diagnosed with boredom being bad for my brain. <laughs> so. <laughs> I literally start to lose it if I am understimulated. <laughs> and then I do in, then I do some very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, impulsive things if I get too bored. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. Yeah. It's not good. <sighs> no measure of wiser precaution could the elders of the nomads have taken than to choose for their thief that very slith, that identical thief that, even as I write in how many schoolrooms governesses teach, stole a march on the king of Westalia. Yet the weight of the box was such that others had to accompany him, and Sippy and Slorg were no more agile thieves than may be found today among vendors of the antique. Slith, Sippy, and Slorg are our three literary men. Oh man, Slith Slith. must have had such a bad time as a kid. Slith, Slorg. Oh, Slorg. Slorg, I mean, I mean, Slorg, I mean, I don't know. Uh, Like, I was gonna say that, but this, uh, because, like, every time 
I'm hearing slith. I hear slit. And Same. I just, Same. there's just no way that he wasn't called shit slit <laughs> so many times. <laughs> That's so gross. <laughs> Especially if he's a thief. Like, you know, he stole as a child, and you know, he made a lot of people mad. Yeah. I also like that this place is called the Dubious Land. Dubious and land being uh, capitalized, by the way. I mean, that's what I call my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> is that like, uh, what? what is it? Absolute territory? The space between where thigh-high socks end and a skirt begins? It's the uh, opposite yeah. of that. Yeah, it's the opposite. It's <laughs> whatever that may be. It's uh it's like when guys get like the sides of their head shaved down. Um it's that area where like you can there's not quite enough hair and you can see the like zits on their like neck. Yeah. And <laughs> their hairline. <laughs> Dubious territory. <laughs> Ugh. So, over the shoulder of Maluna, these three climb next day and slipped as well as they might among its snows rather than risk a night in the woods of the dubious land. And the morning came up radiant and the birds were full of song, but the forest underneath and the waste beyond it and the bare and ominous crags all wore the appearance of an unuttered threat. Though Slith had an experience of twenty years of theft, Yet he said little. Only if one of the others made a stone roll with his foot, or later in, or later on in the forest, if one of them stepped on a twig, he whispered sharply to them, always the same words. That is not business. He knew that he could not make them better thieves during the two days' journey, and whatever doubts he had, he interfered no further. He's just like fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> that's not business. That's not, I'm just gonna. That's not business. <laughs> yeah, what are you talking about? That's not business, <laughs> bitch. That's not business. That's not. That is not business. Like, can you just imagine being like, please, Slith, just tell me what is business? <laughs> it's uh, business is when you exploit the uh, the working class. The working class. Oh yeah. my god, it all makes sense now. Yeah, it's... Slith it's, is just wanna... a... I mean, they are going to steal a golden box. They probably are capitalists. Well, I mean, gold does have, you know, value outside of um Yeah, you can, like, money. make electronics within stuff, I guess. It's a very good semiconductor. It is. It is indeed. From the shoulder of Maluna, they dropped into the clouds, and from the clouds to the forest, to whose native beasts as well as the three thieves knew, all flesh was meat, whether it were the flesh of fish or man. <laughs> what the fuck? What? 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 <laughs> oh, shit. Wait, wait, are they doing cannibals? They're doing cannibalism? some cannibalism. I mean... How much... It's a, a two-day travel. How much meat are you eating? Why do you... <laughs> To be to be fair, I did make a uh, I did make a pact that I would do cannibalism first before my supplies ran out, so I'd have more supplies later. <laughs> I made I wrote it down in my planner. Okay, <laughs> like you know, two days in, we still have a month's worth of food for five people. Um, 
you know, if we get rid of three of them, that's, you know. Yeah, baby, we're doing some Donner Party today. Also, I will say this multiple times, I don't think cannibalism is that bad. Like, okay, uh, for the most part, the Donner Party only ate people that were already dead. But there was one dude who really loved killing people and then eating them. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? They, their name may have been may have been art cooper <laughs> but <laughs> actually like if i remember correctly that dude specifically like a couple of uh indigenous people showed up and he specifically like hunted them down and killed them to eat them oh i know i wouldn't do that yeah. i would just hunt white people <laughs> <laughs> i mean there were some assholes in the party that like they were the first person i would have ate honestly Honestly, that dude that hunted down those indigenous people and then ate them, yeah, he'd be the first to go. Yeah. I'd be like, hmm, you know, like, you're looking a little more tasty today. <laughs> looking a little scrumptious there. It'd be a, it'd be a real, a real shame if something happened to you today. <laughs> there was one guy in the Donner party who, like, uh, was so exhausted that he, like, passed out next to a fire and his arm fell in and the first time they pulled his arm out and like woke him up but the second time it happened they just let it stay there and then they ate it (laughs) 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 i'm sorry like that was probably like really horrible in the moment like it was like, probably something to be really ashamed of, but, like, hearing it in hindsight, like, a hundred or so years later, it's really funny. Like, you got one chance, like, that you got one chance and you fucking wasted it, buddy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you could talk about the Donner Party for days. Puppet history episode on Donner Party is excellent if you want something fun to watch. <laughs> I learned about the Donner Party at way too early of an age, and it definitely affected me. I was in- I was definitely- I wasn't even in middle school. I think I was in elementary school. I think I was around eight when I was told about the Donner Party. Yeah, same! Also, that one- Same! uh, That- that one, um, that one plane crash with the, uh, soccer team. uh, in the Andes. Yep, I also learned about that around the same time. Yeah, it was just like, you know, you really messed me up. Uh, I think about cannibalism all the time. I think, did something happen when we were eight that resulted in some people eating each other? Is that what happened? Because we're, like, the same age. I don't know. I wonder if there was, like, a national news story that that's what that resulted in. Wait, did did that did that one thing where that, that, that German dude sold himself? No. Well, uh, voluntarily? No. No. I feel like there was another plane crash somewhere remote. And, like, people were like, well, at least it wasn't, like, the Donner Party or that crash in the Andes. Oh, wait, wait. What if it was a History Channel was playing, like, something? Oh, that could be it. It could have been, like, a, um, like a certain amount of, like, a 10 or 20 year anniversary of when the the Andes plane crash happened. Damn, that fucked us up, though. (laughs) Yeah. Let's see. I would have been eight in 1997. Yeah. I was definitely in elementary school, and I definitely 
was thinking about the Donner Party a lot. Yeah, same, because I was like, people eating each other, that's wild. Tell me more. (laughs) I still am upset at white people (laughs) for calling tribes, like, other tribes and stuff that does, like, you know, not symbolic, but, like, ritualistic cannibalism. Like savages, I know. when there's almost no mummies left, because also fucking white people ate all of them. Also, you know what you could do? Uh, we know what also they did. They would literally drink the blood of recently hung people. I mean, like he- the Victorians he- were buck wild. A professional professional <clears throat> golfer's fucking jaw fell off. And his bones turned to mush because he drank irradiated water every day for like five years. That's what the that's the the Victorians would like dye stuff green, including their food, knowing that the green dye had arsenic in it. And they were like, whatever. Victorians were wild. They were buck wild. And anyways, uh, human sacrifice and cannibalism, ex- like ritualistic cannibalism, existed in plenty of European cultures. Anyways, not just yeah, I don't- um outside of europe maybe that's why i'm saying maybe cannibalism isn't that bad just don't eat the brain yeah or else you'll get kuru which is completely fatal it does not have a cure (laughs) yeah but okay all right let's let's get back on that cannibalism thing like really threw us off it also came out of nowhere so we're having a great time talking about stealing a golden box and then they're like yeah we traveled for two days and killed three people and ate them it's like what (laughs) 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 oh boy there the thieves drew idolatrously from their pockets each one a separate god and prayed for protection in the unfortunate wood and hoped thereupon for a threefold chance to escape since if anything should eat one of them it were certain to eat them all and they confided that the corollary might be true and all should escape if one did whether one of these gods was propitious 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 oh my god (laughs) whether one of these gods was propitious and awake or whether all three, or whether it was chance that brought them through the forest unmouthed by detestable beasts, none knoweth. But certainly these gods, or but certainly neither the emissaries of the god that most they feared, nor the wrath of the topical god of that ominous place brought their doom to the three adventurers there and then. And so it was that they came to Rumbly Heath in the heart of the dubious land whose stormy hillocks were groundswell, and after wash of the earthquake lulled for a while. Something so huge that they oh something so huge that they seemed unfair to man that it should move so softly, stocked splendidly by them, and only so barely did they escape its notice, that one word rang and echoed through their three imaginations. If 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 and when this danger was all last gone by, they moved cautiously on again, and presently saw the little harmless mipped, half fairy and half known, giving shrill, contented squeaks on the edge of the world. And they edged away unseen, for they said that the inquisitiveness of the mipped had become fabulous, and that, harmless as he was, he had a bad way with secrets. <laughs> 
<laughs> this bitch be telling us everything. <laughs> Just immediately goes on Twitter and puts you on blast. <laughs> He's live tweeting, live tweeting your real talk sessions. <laughs> You're like, okay, this is an absolute secret light. And he's like, yeah. And like, you're like halfway through your story and look up and you're like, are you fucking live tweeting this? <laughs> you little shit. <sighs> Wait, why are my mentions blowing up? Are you, are you tagging me in your live tweeting <laughs> of all my sequins? It is a Sunday night. Do not at me. <laughs> I do not have the time for this. Oh. <laughs> I love the Mip. I love him. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yet they probably loathe the way that he nuzzles dead white bones and would not admit their loathing, for it does not become adventurers to care who eats their bones. Be this as it may, they edged away from the mipt and came almost at once to the wizened tree. A goalpost. Wait. What? Adventurers don't care who eat their bones? I mean, you're dead at that point. Yeah, yeah, but like, <laughs> why would you presuppose that at all? Like, <laughs> you have. It, is that like a hard and fast rule? It's in your will. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, you can just like eat my bones if you want to. I don't care. <laughs> only, only Grandma can eat my bones. Nobody else can. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just a weird thing to break up. It really is. Damn. <laughs> like, like, why are you thinking about that? Yeah. So, I mean, once again, they were bored. So, um, yeah, I guess. I guess they have time but- to think about that. I guess. I don't know. Uh, Wizen Tree. The goalpost of their adventure, and knew that beside them was the crack in the world and the bridge from bad to worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Damn. That's just some vodka for me. <laughs> this isn't a physical thing for me. That's my second shot of tequila. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Even that is just some rum. That is me making a pina colada at three in the morning. Since <laughs> <laughs> the the bridge to bad to worse is such a poetic way. It's of... so good. <laughs> I'm gonna use that now. I'm sure I'm gonna have a client that's gonna talk to me about something. I'm I will be like that. Sounds like the bridge from something bad to worse. <laughs> Oh boy. <sighs> and underneath them stood the rocky house of owner of the box. I love that that is a title that that person has. Like, just anybody who isn't reading along, owner of the box, owner and box are capitalized. It is a title that this person has. Your entire existence is defined by a box that you have to look after. <laughs> Damn. <sighs> This was their simple plan, to slip into the corridor in the upper cliff, to run softly down it, of course, with naked feet, and under the warning travelers that is graven upon the stone, which interpreters take to be, it is better not. (laughs) 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 It is better not. Like okay, here's here's the thing that I think I love about Lord Dunsany. Um, 
he writes like he's a messy bitch who loves other people's drama. Oh, yes. Like, he's just so oh, sassy. Oh, yes. I can, you know what? And that's my favorite kind of person. <laughs> like, like, you know what? I don't, mm, okay. I don't mind being the in-between of starting someone's drama as long as I can just immediately leave. Yeah, same, same. <laughs> but I also want to follow that drama. Because also, one of my favorite things is learning about drama in a thing I know nothing about oh, and same. learning about that oh, thing. Oh, same. Oh, yes. Oh, God, I love oh, it. Oh, I love it. I have, like, drama that I have zero stake in. That, like, the thing it's about, I have no idea. Love it. It's It's real good. Oh, it's so good. Cause I hate drama that I have like a stake in. I don't want that. I don't want to start drama. That's not my life. I am upsettingly earnest. If anything, <laughs> like I, I don't too really use Twitter like almost at all. But I love learning about like the Twitter like oh the drama that goes the, on. The, it's so good. no the main the wait what is it called the the main character of the day yeah. <laughs> Like, I like going through that once someone's just like, why everyone hates this person Oh, now. yes. Like, that is just, oh, mm, yes. chef Same. I literally use Twitter to retweet uh, pictures of opossums and cats. Oh, I- And occasionally I look at some of, spicy memes. I, I look at pictures of, well, of cats, obviously, and uh, capybaras. Yes. Uh, yes. Oh, I also follow- uh, a couple pages that just like have pictures of elephants on them. I don't oh, know. <laughs> I love it. No, I like it. Yeah, I just really like. Uh, I like. I like animals, and I don't like Twitter because it's bad for my brain. I also and bad for your brain. Yeah, like I really only like the only time I do tweet on Twitter, it's something really ominous, and then it's a picture of my cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What what is more ominous than than a cat? Like uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think. I oh, where is it? I have some good picture. Oh yes, there's a picture of Meester, and he's kind of like curled up. And the only thing I wrote to caption it was shrimp. <laughs> so he looks like a little shrimp. Yeah, shrimp. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just a lot of pictures, like pictures of Mo loafing, and I only write loaf. Uh, with an umlaut somewhere on there where it, it, there is no umlaut. <laughs> There's not supposed to be an umlaut in the word loaf, but I found a place for it. <laughs> That's what I use Twitter for. Just yeah. just get some spicy memes. Uh, Lord Dunsany would have lost his mind on Twitter. Like, he would have loved <laughs> oh it. Oh my god, Lord Dunsany would have loved Twitter. Oh, he- oh, yes. Hell yeah. <sighs> I th I think H.P. Lovecraft would have uh, maybe gotten into QAnon, unfortunately. I feel like H.P. would have either gotten into QAnon or would have cried at least once while reading Twitter. I mean, who says he? Oh, who says he would do both? <laughs> he does all of the. He, he's crying and joining QAnon at the same time. <laughs> the thing is, he doesn't have any grandkids that don't want to talk to him anymore. So. <laughs> Uh, so it's not as sad. Yeah, I do really love seeing. I do really okay. Mm. Let me let me rephrase that. I do find it a uh, funny kind of sad cringe when you see grandparents post about how their uh, how their kids don't want them to see their grandkids anymore. And I'm just like that's there's probably a good reason. 
Yeah. Also, this is really sad. You shouldn't be putting this on the internet. I know, right? Ugh. Oh, I have a good... Plus, like, we get fun things from Twitter, like that tweet that was like, uh, um, uh... What we do in the shadows has revolutionized the vampire genre by asking one simple question. What if they were fucking stupid? <laughs> God damn. Oh, fucking, you I get gems like it. that off of Twitter. You also get stuff like that off of Tumblr, too, I guess. Oh, there's a, there's a guy on uh, TikTok who does a spot on... Uh, Matt Berry impression. Oh, I've heard it. And he does. Oh, yes. Oh my God, he has a series right now where he's just reading grill tweets as like, like. Yeah, the, <laughs> I've like heard. I heard and- the the flag one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I cry because I laugh so hard. <laughs> they it's don't so even good. let me fuck the flag. <laughs> 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 like that tweet is already so funny. <laughs> <laughs> you added the Matt Berry voice saying it. <laughs> God, it reminds me I need to watch Toast of London. I keep on putting that on my list. I need list. to watch Wellington Supernatural. <laughs> it oh, it's on HBO Max. I know. I, I think I remember us figuring that out. I'm yeah. so excited. Okay, anyways. Let's let's finish this this messy ass story. <laughs> uh which interpreters take it to be, it is better not. Not to touch the berries that are there for purpose, on the right side going down, and so to come to the guardian on his pedestal, who had slept for a thousand years and should be sleeping still, and go in through the window, and go in through the open window. One man was to wait outside by the crack in the world until the others came out with the golden box, and should they cry for help, he was to threaten at once unfa- he was to threaten at once to unfasten the iron clamp that kept the crack together. Holy shit! <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Give us your fucking box, or we're gonna split the world in half. Fuck you. <laughs> Damn! Holy shit! You know, I I mean, to be fair, like that, you know, it feels like it's impossible, but also, if he does, uh, it's kind of one of those, like, Pascal Rager, like, threats. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) It's like one of those threats where, like, you're like, wow, these people are way more hardcore than I thought they were. Like, just take the fucking box. I don't care. <laughs> this is like, if this has reached a new level that I am not willing to go to. <laughs> like, like, you know they probably can't, but if they can, like that one percent that they can, yeah, yeah you I, definitely- I ain't taking it. <laughs> No. <laughs> no thank you <laughs> here's your box have a nice day <laughs> oh boy when the box was secured they were to travel all night and all the following day until the cloud banks that wrapped the slopes of Maluna were well between them and the owner of the box the door in the cliff was open they passed without a murmur down the cold steps Slith leading them all the way a glance of longing no more, each gave to the beautiful berries. The guardian upon his pedestal was still asleep. 
Slor climbed by a ladder that Slith knew where to find to the iron clamp across the crack in the world, and waited beside it with a chisel in his hand, listening closely for anything untoward, while his friends slipped into the house and no sound came. And presently, Slith and Sippy found the golden box. Everything seemed happening as they had planned. It only remained to see if it was the right one to escape with it from the dreadful place. Under the shelter of the pedestal, so near to the guardian that they could feel his warmth, which paradoxically had the effect of chilling the blood of the boldest of them. They smashed the emerald hasp and opened the golden box, and there they read by the light of ingenious sparks which Slith knew how to contrive, that even this poor light they hid with their bodies. And... What was their joy, even at that perilous moment, as they lurked between the Guardian and the Abyss, to find the box contained fifteen peerless odes in the Alsaic form, five sonnets that were by far the most beautiful in the world, nine ballads in the manner of the Guardian of the Abyss, to find the box con- oh, sorry. Um... Nine ballads in the manner of province that had no equal in the treasuries of man, a poem addressed to a moth in twenty-eight perfect stanzas, a piece of blank verse of over a hundred lines on a level not yet known to have been attained by man, as well as fifteen lyrics on which no merchant would dare set a price. They would have... Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um, I'm just gonna say it. That's probably a shit poem. <laughs> like, I'm not saying that you can't have, like, long, good poems, because, you know, we have, like, I mean, look at sagas and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's not long enough to be a saga, so I just think someone was just trying to half-ass their way to something that seems epic. They're like, it failed. Oh, fuck, I have 15,000 <clears throat> words due in 24 hours. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> I would How read t- I would read a poem addressed to a moth in 28 perfect stanzas. Okay. But, but, but the last one sounds like shit. <laughs> yeah, the last one sounds yeah, like really, shit. Yeah, really like out of that list, all of those sound amazing, incredible. I would love to read them, but that last one. <laughs> yeah, that last one. No thanks. I don't I'll just like I'll just take the way back machine and look at MySpace again. Yeah. And that's that's good enough for me. <laughs> it's the same thing. They would have read them again, for they gave happy tears to a man and memories of dear things done in infancy, and brought sweet voices from far sepulchres, but Slith pointed imperiously to the way by which they had come, and extinguished the light, and Slorg and Sippy sighed, then took the box. The guardian still slept the sleep that survived a thousand years. As they came away, they saw that indulgent chair close by the edge of the world in which the owner of the box had lately sat reading selfishly and alone the most beautiful songs and verses that poet ever dreamed. They came in silence to the foot of the stairs, and then it befell that as they drew near safely, in the night's most secret hour, some hand in an upper chamber lit a shocking light, lit it, and made no sound. 
For a moment, it might have been an ordinary light, fatal as even that could very well be at such a moment as this. But when it began to follow them like an eye, and to grow redder and redder as it watched them, then even optimism despaired. And Sippy very unwisely attempted flight, and Slorg even as unwisely tried to hide. But Slith, knowing well why the light was lit in that secret upper chamber, and who it was that lit it, leapt over the edge of the world and is falling from a still through the unreverberate blackness of the abyss. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> Holy <God>. fuck! <laughs> Slith is like, I'm out. <laughs> Man, Slith was right. He can't. This isn't business. <laughs> this isn't business. And he just jumps off the edge of the world. <laughs> he just says that to Sippy. <laughs> oh, shit. Damn. Holy shit. That ended in, like, quite the gut punch. Yeah. Oh, I like how they're like, he's still falling today. <laughs> 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 wait okay so let's say he has been falling for over 200 years okay would he even rot yeah like is he stuck forever like in a place where time doesn't exist or or maybe time does exist would bacteria and bugs be able to get to him or would he yeah. just stay like ever like is fresh? it is it like a vacuum yeah i feel like that would be terrible <laughs> No, it definitely would be. It's kind of like, who's the Marvel hero in Alpha Flight who can never die? Uh, is it oh, Alpha are you Flight? talking about the- No, no, it's Great Lakes Avengers, That's it's it, Mr. Sorry. Immortal. Great Lake. yes, yeah, Mr. Immortal, who, like, realized at some point that he will survive the end of the universe. <laughs> yeah. Well, good news. I mean, there is a theory that when the universe contracts back to its point, the Big Bang will happen again and the universe will just restart. Uh, but if that doesn't happen, uh, RIP to a real one. <laughs> I guess so. He was, you know, he, he was the only one that was thinking the entire time. Yeah, like, he legit, like, realized, he was like, oh, no. I think he, yeah. like, got... Well, not killed, because he can't die, but I think he got destroyed in, like, a super ridiculous way and came back anyways, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> like, completely obliterated to a cellular level and still came back. It's like, well, I guess this is how it is now. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Wait, was was Slinth mentioned in the... The Knoll one. Oh, the... no, that was, uh, what's sick? What's sick? What's sick? Nothing. Let me take Something a look. about the Knolls. How Noth would have practiced his art upon the Knolls. Let me take a look. Because I remember Slinth being something we. What's sick? Let me do Control F. Slith. Oh, it's in, um, the Injudious Prayers of. Pombo the Idolater. After he dies, oh. uh, it says that his fate is even worse. Uh, his fate is even one with the fate of Slith. Oh. Okay. Oh, no, and uh, no, it is mentioned in Nith, because it says on the second paragraph uh, that in the burglary business, the name of Slith stands paramount alone. And of this I am not ignorant, but Slith is a classic and lived long ago. Oh. Um... 
besides which surprising nature of his doom has possibly cast a glamour upon Slith that exaggerates in our eyes his undoubted merits. Okay. So he is mentioned okay. in both of those. Oh, okay. so there is some continuity between Lord Dunsany's stories. Uh, that's cool to know. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to our second story, which is Miss Cubbage and the Dragon of Romance. Ooh. Ooh. Unless they meant romance in the, uh, what they would have meant in this time period, which is just, like, heightened emotions. Oh, I guess. Ugh, whatever. I know, it's so lame. <sighs> whatever. Um, this tale is told in the balconies of Belgrave Square and among the towers of Pont Street. Men sing it at evening in the Brompton Road. Little upon her 18th birthday thought Miss Cubbage of number 12A Prince Street of Wales Square that before another year had gone its way, she would lose the sight of that unshapely oblong that was so long in her home. And had you told her further that within that year, all trace of that so-called square and of the day when her father was elected by a thumping majority to share in the guidance of the destinies of the empire should utterly fade from her memory. And she would merely have said in that effect, she would have merely said in that affected voice of hers, go to, there was nothing about it in the daily press. The policy of her father's party had no provision for it. There was no hint of it in conversation at evening parties to which Miss Cubbage went. There was nothing to warn her at all that a loathsome dragon with golden scales that rattled as he went should have come up clean out of the prime romance and gone by night. So far as we know. Though Hammersmith threw Hammersmith and come to Ardle Mansions, and then had turned his left, which, of course, brought him to Miss Cubbage's father's house. Dragon shows up and wrecks the whole fucking town. I mean, that's yeah. what they do, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. You know, that sounds a little prejudiced, yeah. Faith. Listen. That sounds a little present. I mean, it's just like, yeah, that's what dragons do. They just go and wreck I stuff. mean, you know, the only ooh. other dragon we've had in the story, like, the whole thing was the knight was like, oh, he's probably just going to wreck this town anyways. I guess that yeah, knight could have like been a douchebag, too. I also like how that knight was like, either I'm going to kill you or you're going to let me ride you. And the dragon was like, I will not take that chance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like, I feel like... You shouldn't. You should do a third option. It's just like fuck you. I'm gonna destroy your town. <laughs> Get wrecked, nerd. <laughs> Rip to your town, but I'm built different. <laughs> <laughs> there sat Miss Cubbage at evening on her balcony, quite alone, waiting for her father to be made a baronet. She was wearing walking boots and a hat and a low-necked evening dress for a painter was just now painting her portrait, and neither she nor the painter saw anything odd in the strange combination. She did not notice the roar of the dragon's golden scales, nor distinguish above the manifold lights of London the small red glare of his eyes. 
He suddenly lifted his head, a blaze of gold over the balcony. He did not appear a yellow dragon then, for his glistening scales reflected the beauty that London puts upon her only at evening and night. She screamed, but to no knight, nor knew what knight to call on, nor guessed where were the dragon's overthrowers of far romantic days, nor what mightier game they chased, or what wars they waged. Perchance they were busy even in the arming of Fort Armageddon. Yeah, they uh they decided they were gonna make some make some brownies, but they actually didn't have all the ingredients and, and they had to, to go, go back to the, the store multiple times. <laughs> they go back to th- <laughs> they're like even making a box mix, they're like, fuck, we don't have any eggs. So they go get when they vegetable get home. Vegetable oil. They're like vegetable oil. One of them is just crying. <laughs> he's like, I just want to make some brownies. brownies before Armageddon. <laughs> I like how this, like, imagine you're just, like, chillaxing on a balcony, getting your picture painted. You look just hot as shit. And Dragon just, like, looks over the edge of the balcony and like, hey, wanna buy some drugs? <laughs> I would buy drugs from a dragon. I totally would, too. That sounds, like, they're probably good. They're either fake or extremely good. <laughs> or they're just for dragons and we can't use them, it, but, you know, whatever. 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 I'll take it. Whatever. Fuck it. <laughs> what I mean, Armageddon's about to happen. The dragon's trying to sell me some drugs. What else am I supposed to do? <laughs> I mean, what else am I supposed to do with my time? <laughs> do dragon drugs, of course. <laughs> I mean, what what does that even mean? I don't know. It could be anything. You would not... Oh, wait. There we go. Out of the balcony of her father's house in Prince of Wales Square, the painted dark green balcony that grew blacker every year, the dragon lifted Miss Cubbage and spread its rattling wings, and London fell away like an old fashioned. Like the drink? Wait, the drink? Fell away like Wait. an old fashioned. Oh, like an old fashioned. Like a fashion that is old. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Got it. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> And England fell away, and the smoke of its factories and the round material world that goes humming around the sun, vexed and pursued by time, until there appeared the eternal and ancient lands of romance, lying below by mystical seas. You had not pictured Miss Cubbage stoking the golden head of one of the dragons of song with one hand idly, while with the other she sometimes played with pearls brought up from lonely places of the sea. They filled huge haliotis? That is an actual word. That's an actual shell. Haliotis. Oh, yeah. It's, um, abalone. Oh. Uh... They filled huge Heliotis shells with pearls and laid them there beside her. They brought her emeralds, which she set to flash among the tresses of her long black hair, and they brought her threaded sapphires for her cloak. All this the princes of fable did and the elves and the gnomes of myth. And partly she still lived, and partly she was one with long ago, and with those sacred tales that nurses tell. When all their children are good, and evening has come, and the fire is burning well, and the soft pat-pat of the snowflakes on the pane is like the furtive tread of fearful things in old ancient woods. 
if at first she missed those dainty novelties among which she was reared, the old sufficient song of the mystical sea singing a fairy lore at first soothed and last consoled her. Even she forgot those advertisements of pills that are so dear to England. Even she forgot political cant and the things that one discusses and the things that one does not. And, perforce to content herself with seeing sailing by huge golden-laden galleons with treasure for Madrid, and the merry skull and crossbones of the privateers, and the tiny nautilus setting out to sea, and ships of heroes trafficking in romance, or of princes seeking for enchanted isles. Okay, so why was that whole um, paragraph really good? It is a pretty good paragraph. Why was that paragraph so good? How dare you, Dunsany? Uh, I came here for the drama. <laughs> not for you to be a good writer. <laughs> it was not by chains that the dragon kept her there, but by one of the spells of old. To one to- Hey, I'll pay you <laughs> if you stay here. That's what the spell was. The oldest spell of them all. <laughs> I'll like I'll like give you some money you won't have to deal with those other people. <laughs> I feel like, like fuck yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's cool. <laughs> you know what? Let's do it. <laughs> the oldest <laughs> spell of all. I'll pay you. <laughs> nice. <laughs> to one to whom the facilities of the daily press had for so long been accorded spells that would have palled, you would have said, and galleons after a time, and all things out of date. After a time. But whether the centuries passed her, or whether the years, or whether no time at all, she did not know. If anything indicated the passing of time, it was the rhythm of elfin horns blowing upon the heights. If the centuries went by her, the spell that bound her also that bound her gave her also perennial youth, and kept alight forever the lantern by her side, and saved from decay the marble palace facing the mystical sea. And if no time went by her, there and if no time went by her there at all, her single moment on those marvelous coasts was turned, as it were, to a crystal reflecting a thousand scenes. If it why is why is that just describing the last two years? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> what do you mean? Is that it's not twenty? What do you mean? F- five months ago was it? What? Um, June of twenty twenty. <laughs> it's still twenty twenty, right? Well, the. Well, all for all we know, it's still March of 2020. Yeah, what what do you mean it's uh, almost 2022? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> this make any sense to me. <sighs> but also at the same time, it feels like no time has passed, but also all the time. All has the passed. time, it feels like forever, but also nothing. <laughs> yeah. So really, she's just describing like giving a shit about being in a pandemic. <laughs> Ugh. Damn. I once again I came here for the drama. I did not come for reality. <laughs> <sighs> if it was all a dream, it was a dream that knew no morning and no fading away. 
the tide roamed on and whispered of mastery and of myth. While near that captive lady, asleep in his marble tank, the golden dragon dreamed. And little way out from the coast, all the dragon dream showed faintly in the mist that lay over the sea. He never dreamed of any rescuing night. So long as he dreamed, it was twilight. But when he came up nimbly out of his tank, night fell and starlight glistened on the dripping golden scales. There he and his captive either defeated time or never encountered him at all. While in the world we know rage wants valleys or battles yet to be. I know not what part of the shore of romance he bore her. Perhaps she came one of those princesses of whom fabled loves to tell. But let it suffice that there she lived by the sea, and kings ruled, and demons ruled, and kings came again, and many cities returned to their native dust, and still she abided there, and still her marble palace passed not away, nor the power that there was in the dragon spell. I just think that, you know, if the kings ruled and the demons ruled, why didn't they just, like, do a sick collab or something? <laughs> Just be co-rulers. Damn, they're like the same thing, basically. <laughs> I mean, maybe they could have did like a like a merch drop together so, or something. So the you know? kings ruled, and then the demons ruled, and then the kings ruled again. So what you're telling me? Well, no, is no, that the, the kings same, came again, and then the which kings means came that- again. So you mean like the same people just ruled three times in a row? <laughs> or or. Or the kings ruled and the demons ruled, and they're just like sick. And then the king was just like, it just just came in their pants because they're so sick. And then everybody came. And while and while they're doing this, like all the you know all the cities were just like, yeah, we can't. You guys are too cool. I'm sorry. I, as, meanwhile, the Miss Cubbage is like, yo, what's that smell? <laughs> <laughs> She's she's driving through. Uh, she's driving through a small Kentucky town, and uh, at the beginning of spring, where you see all these beautiful blooms on the trees. But as soon as you roll down your window in your car, you just like that smells like old jizz. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so gross. Yeah, no, those those trees suck. Ugh. I hate those trees. We have a. Wait, let me- there's a dogwood, like a couple dogwood bushes in front of my office, and occasionally, like when we get a good spring, oh boy, do they smell! <laughs> it's nasty. They smell like oh, okay, cool. rotting. <laughs> uh, so apparently the the tree that we're talking about. <laughs> Did you just look up the, what uh, tree smells like? Come. Uh, trees that smell like sperm. <laughs> Uh, and Vice, of, of course, has an article about it. It's an ornamental pear tree. Oh, I've heard of that, because um, there is a town in, I think it was Michigan recently, that like they had planted that tree like a year or two ago, and they just started flowering this spring, and it smelled so bad that- It does smell bad. They immediately regretted it. <laughs> no, it smells so bad. And it smells like jizz, and I hate that the people in the 50s had such shitty ideas I, about botany. Oh my god, I know. They're the reason why they have that one Japanese, that Kozo weed, I want to say? Kozo. Kozo. Oh, it's a Japanese, it's a Japanese plant that basically 
carpets. Oh, I uh, know exactly where it's a yeah, Puera, Montana. Why is it called Montana? I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, because you can buy a uh tiny aquatic version for aquariums. It's in the same yeah, Japanese um, not weed. It's in the same genus. Kudzu. Kudzu. Yeah. Kudzu. Yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. Because, yeah, like I yeah, said. Yeah, they're just like, oh, this looks so pretty. And, like, it just germinated out. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's an invasive species. <sighs> yeah. Uh, just... During World War II, Kudzu was introduced to uh, Vanito and Fiji by United States Armed Forces to serve as camouflage for equipment is now a major weed there. Um, apparently, though, it's, uh, it tastes a little spicy, and it's actually I've pretty good I've heard that as well. I've heard drink. that you can eat it. Um, well, no, we can eat so many things. You can eat there's, like, most over 40, plants. There's over 40,000 plants that are completely edible that are, like, pretty good, mm -hmm. but we eat, like, maybe, like, 12 varieties. Yeah. Of plants. Like, yeah. Yep, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, there's so many plants that we just don't eat. Yeah, I watched the foraging TikToker. I can't remember what her name is, but she makes some good videos. Yeah. Um. All right, we got one paragraph left. And once, and only once, did there ever come to her a message from the world that of old she knew. It came in a pearly ship across the mystical sea. It was from an old school friend that she had in Putney. Merely a note, no more, in a little neat round hand, it said... It is not proper for you to be there alone. <laughs> what? I, uh, I, I just, there's so many things you could I like, do. I like how she gets, like, kidnapped. She's there for possibly thousands of years. And the only note or she no gets time. from her friend is, or no time, the only note she gets from her friend is, like, um, it's pretty sketchy that you're hanging out alone with some dragons. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, are you, I'm sorry, what? It's almost slut shamey, you know? Yeah, like let her hang out with the like. Well, actually, she has no uh choice in hanging out with the dragon, I should say. But like, damn. No, this is. Uh, what? No, if, I. <laughs> I would just write back a note. Just, just like get fucked, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it gets to her when she's like. <laughs> 80. She's like on like, her deathbed. <laughs> They're like, Grandma, Grandma, you know your friend that disappeared like uh, it's, it's like decades ago? We got a letter from her. And it's like, oh, what does it say? <laughs> Give it to me. I'll put on my rating class. <laughs> Get <laughs> fucked, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> She just has like a heart attack and dies. <laughs> That's how I want my revenge to go. <laughs> uh, just a really like hard hitting innocuous note. <laughs> just right when they're about to die. <laughs> I just want to get that last word in. <laughs> That's uh, that's that's what's gonna happen. Whenever I find out that like when my mom's on her deathbed, I'm just gonna send her a note, be like, "Yo, you sucked. <laughs> <Get fucked. laughs> I hope, uh, I hope, I hope you die sooner." <laughs> <laughs>
when someone says that's not proper, I'm going to say, well, she should have loved me as a child. <laughs> yeah. Maybe if she had been a better mom, we wouldn't be here right now. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> oh, None of this would have happened. <laughs> I normally wouldn't laugh at that, but your mom has been so awful to you. Like, fuck her. <laughs> God, what a bitch. <laughs> no, these 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 two are pretty good. These were pretty good, actually. I, I was kind of expecting the first one to be really boring. <laughs> it had so much, like, messy drama in it. No, I just love it. And it, you know what? It was a very probable adventure. It was. You know what? I, th- I, w- I think that that title was a joke. What? The very- What? <laughs> it's so probable. I don't understand. <laughs> I, would, I just want to say that, you know, if you're going to have an adventure and it's improbable, you should probably call it the improbable instead of calling it probable adventure. Wow, just like correct you labels, know, for, please. I know. <laughs> like I like wanted- a guy like a like a guy jumped off the edge of the world and is now forever falling. <laughs> I love- like that's improbable. I also like now looking back at Nith and how he practiced his art on the knolls, and they're like, I feel like Sith or Slith was uh, elevated partly because of his demise. <laughs> that's like, so funny like, now that we know what happened. <laughs> like Slith, like Slith was like he he became known as the guy who should have probably worked with someone who was a little bit better and she probably should have hung back and and Nunth was just like yeah i ain't gonna i'm never gonna do that again oh my I'm god he really that. did just do the same thing that slith did <laughs> yeah he did this yeah he's just like i'm getting out of here <laughs> it's like Bye. i ain't gonna deal with this <laughs> <laughs> Except he he was able to he didn't fall forever. Though. Yeah, he didn't jump it so, off at the edge of the world. I think Nunth actually got the better end of you yeah, know their he's probable not falling. deal. That's so funny though. <laughs> like he's just falling forever. <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> I oh these were good. These were really good. <laughs> yeah. Um I don't know. How do we end these? Um, I guess uh I can I can you don't want to plug anything not really me neither uh fuck it uh there's other podcasts go listen to them (laughs) uh and i have a very important message one moment i'm getting to it give me a sec my child is trying to knock over my tv okay i found it uh yeah so this has been over in smith and remember you are an irreplaceable gash in the fabric of reality your keening static howl is like no other and if it faded from the abyss the void that would remain would be unfillable and the mansions of silence would forever fill with our lament okay bye bye